when we're talking about audio only formats, it's especially important that you capture your audience using your voice and it should be impactful so that they tune in and want to continue listening. It only takes seven seconds for somebody to decide they want to change a station, whether that be a, a song they like or don't like or uh, something that they're hearing that they're not liking. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of our Clubhouse discussion about the power of voice and improving how we communicate with guest expert Dan Friedman. Using your voice to communicate isn't as easy as it sounds. So what do you do if you feel your voice is letting you down? Would you like some personal techniques to help you improve how you sound and your confidence in speaking? Then this is the right podcast for you to listen to. I recorded an excellent Clubhouse discussion with Dan Friedman, an expert in the field of public speaking certified in the Roger Love voice method. Those of us in the voiceover industry will know Dan as an accomplished audio engineer, but he's also a singer, voice actor, and coach. And I'll be having a more in-depth interview with him a little later on. So settle back and let yourself be a fly on the wall as we discuss the power of using your voice for more effective communication. A couple of things to note. First, I was hearing and answering people a little ahead of when the audio was being recorded, apparently, so that's why my occasional comments are slightly out of sync. It didn't sound that way at the time. And just so you know, everyone in the room was aware that it was being recorded and would be released in a future podcast episode. To those who raised their hands to participate in the conversation, thank you. When you asked for advice, you helped everyone understand the issues better. So well done. I'll have more of these types of discussions in the future. They're on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. So keep a lookout for the schedule of upcoming events in the Clubhouse Club, The Power of Sound. And now, here's our Clubhouse discussion about the power of voice and improving how we communicate with guest expert Dan Friedman. My question to you, Dan, is what do you see as the most, um, I guess, prevalent, the, the thing that you're asked about most in improving voices? What, what do people want to improve the most? Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> confidence in their speaking a lot. You know, it's interesting, really, the lack of confidence usually comes from people hearing their recorded voice for the first time and not really realizing how they actually sound. Because when you're in your listening to your voice, you're listening to it inside this uh, acoustic chamber <laughs> called your skull, right? So it's a lot more resonance in there. So a lot of people, when they hear their voice recorded for the first time, it really throws them off uh, and makes them feel, oh, I don't sound like that. Do I? Ooh, I don't like the way I sound, right? So... <clears throat> It's a very common thing uh, for people to not like the sound of their voice when they hear their recording back. And that's that's really probably the most common issue of all. It's not that I mean, people have all sorts of communication uh, things going on, but that's definitely the mo most prevalent because oftentimes when they hear that for the first time, 
they lose a little bit of confidence because they're, they're kind of shocked almost by how they sound. And of course, now we're in a situation where everybody is, we're so audio based now. I mean, look at Clubhouse right here, right? This is, this is the wave of the future. We're all for on sure. Zoom. <laughs> yeah. And Zoom and these, and podcasts and all, all of these different platforms where audio is absolutely critical. And if you go back to, uh, I want to give you a quick example of how important audio is. Sure. About uh, that. People, people <laughs> will forgive bad video. Uh, people will forgive bad video, but they won't really forgive bad audio. And you might remember the Blair Witch Project uh, from several years ago. And the video, of course, is all handheld cameras and it's all kind of uh, haphazard. But the audio was very good and people couldn't sit through an entire movie if the audio were bad. It would be grating. So they're willing to sit through good uh, or bad video, but they're not willing to sit through bad audio. And when I listen to my wife, especially has been listening to some podcasts about hiking and things that she's into in that way. And I listen to the speakers and I just think to myself, how can they how can they really get their communications across effectively when oftentimes they just speak like this oh. or they're very quiet and, you know, like there, there's all sorts of things that are, they're really hurting their ability to communicate effectively. And this is for, you know, I obviously have a long history in mm -hmm. voiceover. But really, everybody needs to be able to communicate effectively these days, especially through audio only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it should sound Definitely. good. Definitely. And yeah, the whole monotone thing is uh, unfortunate when you're sitting through presentations. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's very interesting because uh, women have seven uh, on average, women have about 17 notes in their voice and men have about 22. And we tend to stick right here in about the middle three or four notes. We don't really have a lot of people tend to stay right in here. They really mm -hmm. don't move much, much beyond this. Right. And that gets a little bit old to listen to after a while. And it often has your listener lose. You lose your listener because they think pretty much that they've heard everything you have to say because it's all being communicated in the same tone, in the same pace, all of this. Um, so you lose them and that's not what we want. Yeah. So what do you do people if they're feeling like their voice is too monotone? Like how do you get someone to train themselves out of that? That's an interesting question too. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the best ways to do it is get them singing a little bit because this uh, there And of course, there are vocal exercises that uh, we can do and all of that. But if you think about it, if you can get them singing a little bit, then they naturally have to follow whatever pattern it is. Right. And the other thing, too, is to actually get them to concentrate on having some scales. A lot of times in voiceover in particular, I find with students is that when they're brand new, they have a lot of patterns when they're reading. And it's a very interesting thing to listen to because a lot of people kind of start at the bottom of the hill and then they work their way up. And then they do that with every single <laughs> sentence. 
And some people stop or start at the top and then mm -hmm. they work their way down. And then they do that with every single sentence. Well, monotone people don't do either. So what we really want them to do is actually get them to do some of that. Now, the key is to not do it all the time, of course, when we're talking about voiceover specifically in really any uh, situation, because it becomes robotic, even though there's a melody to it, it still feels robotic to the listener. And a lot of listeners don't actually realize that that's what they're hearing. But it, uh, it they, you'll lose the listener if you have any sort of pattern and robotic things or worse no pattern at all where you're not using any melody in your voice. So we just get them to start ascending a little bit and descending a little bit and get them to hear it and know what that feels yeah, and sounds it like. It sounds like variation <clears throat> is kind of a musical thing almost, along with the whole learning to sing thing. <laughs> and just so yeah well and you don't yeah, have to be a good I singer i mean say. you and you're a very good singer i know but you don't have to be a singer just to add a few exactly. extra notes to your voice yeah, to start yeah, right exactly so yeah it's it's a really interesting technique <laughs> i like that a lot joe thank you for joining us on stage did you have something you wanted to ask um actually i had a couple comments on what's been going on so far i i agree 100 percent on the the singing part i always say uh stage acting singing and improv or like my my base um but i will put in that there's an exception to monotone and to even to bad sound in movies and that's characters i love some french fried potatoes <laughs> i mean i didn't think i could i did not think i could listen to his voice for an entire movie but part way through somewhere that became him and the same thing with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman doing uh, Truman Capote. That was pretty much just the one note through the whole movie with the little emotion put in. But it became interesting because of the character. Now, I, mean, I think you have to learn your range first, and then you can restrict it to do something interesting with it. One, one thing I would say about that, too, though, is, you know, you also had the benefit of visuals. So it made it become much easier to become attached to those characters in those movies because you're also looking at them. If you had to listen to them only, you might not hang. You, you know, a lot That's of people true. might, but they might they may not. Um, and when we're talking about audio only formats. It's especially important that you capture your audience using your voice and it should be impactful so that they tune in and want to continue listening. It only takes seven seconds for somebody to decide they want to change a station, whether that be a, a song they like or don't like or uh, something that they're hearing that they're not liking. So we, when we're talking about audio only formats, podcasts and clubhouse, that sort of thing, we definitely only have our voice to rely on. So in voiceover, something I learned over 20 years ago at this point is voiceover is really kind of you at your very best in whatever emotion oh, yeah. you're in. And that's that's kind of your foundation. That's where it all starts. I mean, we always say it's easier to bring someone down a notch than it is to uh, bring them up to where they need to be as far as, as a, being a director goes. Uh, so therefore, it all feels kind of over the top. Everything is bigger and better. And no matter what, uh, even if you're sad, right? So we have to use our voice in those ways. But you don't have to be in voiceover to benefit 
from improving the sound yeah, of your voice. That's a very good point. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio branding strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now back to the podcast. Welcome, Lisa and uh, Melanie and Gabriel and John and Lisa. We so appreciate your being here. We are talking about harnessing the power of your voice and using it to communicate more effectively. And Dan has a lot of really good tips for this kind of thing. So if you are interested in coming up on stage and asking a question of our resident expert today, all means raise your hand and we're, we'll be happy to bring you up on stage. We're just... Uh, talking about how to improve the sound of your voice pretty much. And um, Dan, you were talking about people not liking the sound of their recorded voice. And how can yes. people improve that? Is there a way to improve that? Or is it getting used to it? <laughs> well, it, it you know, like so many uh, of the things that we're doing as artists and creatives, whether it be on the audio engineering side or the voiceover side or any of this, a lot of this stuff has to be experienced in order to get through it or to learn it or to whatever it takes, right? You have to experience it. So unfortunately, getting to like the sound of your voice really does take time uh, and hearing it recorded. But the other thing, of course, is just being able to improve it right off the bat. For instance, I have a student who has a rather, when I first talked to him, he had a rather thick Massachusetts, New England, Boston accent, right? Well, we can tone that down a little bit with some of our techniques. And now, you know, he's very interested in voiceover, but that was certainly something that we had to work on first, because as we know, voiceover very much, if you can be neutral, that's really the best way to go, because then you have more opportunity to work mm -hmm. in different regions. So these are the types of things that we can fix and work on to improve it. Uh, actually, I've got a follow-up question, Dan. Uh, sure. So how do you get people from, okay, so initially they're like, oh, I, I hate the sound of my own voice. And then you get them to the point where they hear it and they recognize it, that maybe they like it. You get some musicality in there. But I, I think there's the that one more step where they know how other people perceive them, which is which is something that I struggle with every time I record myself and listen back because I'm, I am used to the sound of my own voice. And sometimes I don't know how it's perceived by the other person. Right. Well, you're certainly never going to know unless you ask people exactly how they feel, you know, your perception, well, they say perception is reality, right? Um, 
that doesn't have to be what it is. You can change the sound of your voice. Joe, for instance, if you wanted to, you seem a bit soft-spoken, so you're kind of in here, right? So sometimes if you wanted to get perceived as you know, being more powerful and maybe you have to reprimand your kid or something, right? Well, you would get louder for that, right? So we can use the building blocks of voice to help change these things, building blocks, pitch, pace, tone, melody, and volume. So we can use these different techniques and you don't have to be a voice actor to do it either. Um, so if you... Joe, you're, you're, like I said, you, you seem rather soft-spoken. And my guess is that if you're always kind of in here, then sometimes, you know, you're probably not communicating the things you have to communicate. If say you're mad at somebody and you're yelling at them or, or you're not yelling at them, but you're like, I really didn't like that you did that, right? They might not take you seriously if you stayed in that tone and that volume. However, I didn't really like that you did that right? They would probably, you know, be, they would take that much more seriously, especially because it would be out of your normal context. And that's a good thing. We can use our voice to manipulate the situation. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, really manipulate people's perception, or at least the perception we're giving out based on using those building blocks. Yeah, that's really interesting info. Yeah, definitely. Um, although I get the feeling that Joe could be equally as dangerous sounding soft-spoken. <laughs> I get that Pro impression. Probably so. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Did you have a question? I, I love this. I, I'm loving listening to Dan. Um, and I even, I even, oh, hey, Michael. Michael's joined us as well. Uh, I just clipped a little bit. They're my first clips. I'll send them to you, Dan. I'll Thank you. about that because it was so cool. Um, and I also, uh, I want to hear you speak about that more and I've also used it. Goodness knows. I don't love the sound of my own voice. Um, I've had to get used to it. And I realized the more I listened back editing audiobooks, the more I realized what it was. Um, I grew up the youngest of five kids. So by, and I'm eight years younger than the next one up. So to be paid attention to or heard, um, or, or taken seriously as a little kid trying to say something I had to get really strident so I had to really speak and enunciate and really be heard right and I yeah. hearing myself back I'm like oh that's it's so strident it's so not good and it's taught me to be a better communicator without having to be strident um, but the listening back and the listening back has served me and then um matching tone with people in a conversation has been for good or ill. It's uh, not mocking, but matching tone can facilitate communication as well. N just not in voiceover um, in, in business and in as a, as a director of marketing and things, matching tone has been a saving grace for me sometimes. Um, and it also teaches me not to be so strident. So I just want to keep learning from you, Dan. It's so good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lisa, you know, just and I'm not picking on you. We just, uh, you know, but as I hear people, I'm going to try and, you know, talk about things that I notice just in case, you know, so that it can help you out. One of the things that I notice is your vowels and right. You almost have a glottal stop there every time where it's pretty extreme. Um, so I would say think about maybe adding a little bit of an H and, you know, and you're just soften that, soften up those opening vowels. My guess is that, especially I know you do some voiceover work. So when you are looking at your recordings, I bet oftentimes that you notice that that first vowel in your phrase 
is probably peaking higher than almost the rest of the sentence that you're saying. You're right. It totally does. And I can hear that in your voice. So uh, think about at first, just a little H and, right? And that'll soften up that first vowel and uh, help you uh, avoid that. Great. I noticed that that first uh, vowel being very pronounced in my own stuff too. So now I'll know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, a, t- a teeny little H. Start, you know, start, uh, and and all this stuff, you know, start extreme, sure. uh, and then dial it down. And of course, voice actors are really good at this, right? We know all about how we have to start, you know, kind of on the extreme end of things. It's the same with when I'm doing audio production, looking for EQ and things like that. We kind of start extreme, and then we start dialing it down. And that way we're really identifying the sounds that we're looking for and whatnot. Uh, And then we dial it down to somewhere where it's natural and better. Uh, So that's definitely something to, uh, to keep in mind. So, you know, really hand, 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 and right. I mean, it'll just, it'll, and roll it off. That's all. I I didn't know everybody had that problem. I've got the, the same thing. I usually stick a, Hi, right at the beginning of my recording. Hi. And then I go into Joe J. Thomas and the rest of the stuff and the rest of it. The peaks are all in line. That is a really good idea, though, Joe. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we are talking about improving the sound of your voice, being a better communicator, and uh, all the things that go along with that. So if anyone in the audience here has a question and would like to raise their hand, we are happy to bring you up on stage so that you can ask any questions you have, or if you have anything about your own voice that you would like to improve and you're not sure how to do that, Dan has the answers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you uh, have any issues or are feeling as though your voice is letting you down, come on up and we'll, we'll see if we can't uh, work on it a little bit. Great. I'd love to do yeah, that. With so you. hopefully someone will raise sure. their hand, but uh, for now, what are some of the other problems that you've come across besides uh, not people not liking the sound of their own voice on a recording. What else have you come across besides the, the beginning vowel? Cause sure. we've been through oh, that one goodness. now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, there's all sorts of issues. Obviously one of the most prominent in the last several years has been the, um, the vocal fry okay. sound uh, that's so popular. And that's just really something. It's not really good for you. First of all, to, to be doing this all the time, right? It's kind of just like, yuck, we don't want to hear that. And it's basically a restriction of air. Uh, You're restricting the air purposely with your vocal cords to make that happen. And it's really straining on your vocal cords. The other thing that we uh, hear a lot, and I hear this with voice actors too tremendously, is the breathing issues. You know, really, when you breathe, you should be breathing in through your nose as often as possible and not through your mouth. And the importance of this is <laughs> it's hard to imagine until you actually start putting it into practice. And one of the biggest reasons that we should be breathing in through our nose more than our mouth is because our nose is designed to moisturize our vocal cords as the air is co- or moisturize the air coming through the vocal cords. And when we breathe in through our mouth, it dries them out. (sighs) You know, that's not good. Whereas this allows that moisture to come in. We also should be breathing into our diaphragm. And as the first words come out of our mouth, this is a big thing that I've been working with my voice acting students on uh, a lot recently, is making sure that when you take that first breath in, 
it's in through the nose and it goes into your belly. So your, your chest and your shoulders should not come up. But when you take that first breath into your nose, then your belly should come in as those words are coming out of your mouth. And it'll have a lot more impact and be a lot stronger. The other thing that's really important about the breathing for public speakers, for voice actors, really for anybody, is that allows you to have a whole lot of more air so you can get to the end of a sentence without getting <laughs> yeah. into vocal fry. Oh my yeah, the breathing thing. <laughs> um, if people need some way to relate this to an actual visual, think of a balloon. So when you're breathing in, you're actually taking in air and you mm -hmm. should be expanding. When you're releasing air, you should be, you know, pressing your, st your stomach should go in because you're releasing the air that's, you know, it's going away. <laughs> but they're really important for speakers as well. And I only started singing a few years ago in public and uh, I love it. And I have really learned uh, the comp over my 20 years of, uh, of experience in the, in the voice industry at this point, you know, I'm always learning new things and years of acting class taught me a lot of things. Years of singing have now taught me a lot of things and I'm, you know, just constantly incorporating the best of the best to basically help people the best way that I can so that everybody can communicate better. I know we're all dealing with a lot these days, so I really wanted to acknowledge those that have gone out of their way to leave an honest review of this podcast. Like Martha, who writes, Fave, listening to this podcast really helped my company's audio branding. I love the two-part episode with Tom Emanson. They complemented each other well, too. Thanks, Martha. I really appreciate your comments, and I'm glad you enjoyed the show with Tom. That's one of my favorites, too. He was really great to talk to. And for those of you that are interested, you can also leave a voice review now off of the main podcast page. It's super simple and fun, and I'd love to hear what you think. Now, back to the show. I've got a uh, follow-up singing question since, since you brought up singing. Um, okay. So when you're getting people to sing a little bit or stretch their range, uh, I think for guys, especially guys like to sit in the lower registers quite a bit. So oh, yes. Over the years, <laughs> this has caused me to be comfortable in my lower register, but not comfortable in my higher register. So especially singing, I find that the higher register, I will pinch that off vocally and I know I've got a higher range, but you, I really have to work on it to get it out there. Is there like a trick you've learned or something to make that easier? Yeah, well, absolutely. So there's vocal warm-ups that you can certainly do to kind of push you into your – it's really not your higher range, Joe, because really – this up here in your head voice, this is like your higher range, right? All up in here, it's like kind of falsetto. Yeah. It, it's it's actually your middle that you really want to capture. And it's kind of up in here. So it, I would start just like I was talking about before, kind of going over the top. Bring your voice up here into your head voice and then kind of slowly bring it down and kind of stick right about here and see what that feels like and then go down into your normal register. You can also do exercise like the vocal warm up exercises, you know, are, are things that kind of push you up into your, your nasal passages a little bit more. Nay, 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 nay. You know, that's going to push you up into your middle register because it's not really your high register for you would probably sound like more like Mickey Mouse. Right. And that's not really what you're going for. Probably most of the time. However, you probably are going for middle. That's going to be more like here. Does yeah. that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. And it's uh, it's amazing when I uh, when I then this is what this is what coaching's for. When I listen to a coach about fifty to eighty percent, depending on the coach, is stuff that I've already learned before but haven't really kept in practice at. so like vocal warm-ups and the yeah. practice and it's like i should be singing every day and i should go through my warm-ups and do the rest of that stuff because then when it happens i'm not going to be uh what what do i do with this how can i get up here i need to be up here and it's like okay that's yeah and you just you actually just did go more to middle uh you know how can i get up here right now i would suggest take some of that air out of it so instead of how can i get up here how can i get up here try it how can i get up here yeah see it was stronger already right because you took some of the air out of that so that's something that you would want to work on you know just keep pushing towards that middle and taking the air out of it that's great. Yeah. Uh, thank you to those who have just joined us, Matthew and Ahmed and Janaid. Great to see you here. Um, Regina and Jonathan and Steve and Pinky. If anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand. Dan is here to give us instruction. Anything that you have a question about your voice, improving it, um, being a better communicator, anything, you know, even singing or voice acting, by all means. Feel free. And uh, uh, Deborah has raised her hand. So we're bringing her up on stage. Hopefully she will be join <laughs> us. I'm trying. <laughs> there you Hello, are. Dear. Hello. Hi, Deborah. Sorry. First time to come up on stage. That's okay. Welcome. Um, hey, Dan. Thanks, Jody. Um, really getting a lot out of this already. Um, you were talking about registers and all. I tend to come in at a high register, which isn't always pleasing to the ear and um, I'll be told to drop it down. I feel like when I do that, I lose some of mm, maybe my emotion or how I'm feeling about something. And then I start thinking about that and kind of lose maybe where I was going with the performance. So um, just thoughts on that. Sure. Absolutely. So as far as the performance goes, that always goes back to intentions. So are you a voice actor? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that will always go back to intentions. And what I often find is that a lot of voice actors actually start their scripts in the wrong pitch. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, first of all, that you can do, especially if you don't want to be in the high end of your voice all the time, is really lower lower your Adam's apple. You don't you don't really have an Adam's apple as a woman, but you do have a larynx. And what you want to do is you want to feel where that is, and then you want to lower it, lower it physically in your throat, so that you can get it kind of down here, right? And if you can get it down here at the very bottom and start using that down there a little bit, now you have some room to go back up. And you can mix it up a little bit as to where it is. So just try that. If you don't know where your Adam's apple is, put your fingers under your chin Mm -hmm. and roll them back, slide them back along your neck. And basically that first bump that you feel is Mm going to be where your Adam's apple is or larynx. And they're going to push that down into your throat, almost Mm -hmm. as though you were like speaking like Yogi Bear, right? Mm -hmm. Way down here. And this will help get you into your lower registers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Good thought. Yeah. Come in low. Then I've got more room to go. Well, absolutely. You know, here's the thing. When voice actors, especially 
aren't using the right tone of voice when they're when their pitch is incorrect uh, often and the, the the biggest time this happens is when somebody's trying to be friendly they all think oh i've got to be friendly so i've got to be way up here right well that's actually not true really for friendly it doesn't change the pitch of your voice as to who you are because you're still you so you're going to take that nice diaphragmatic breath and then you're just going to put a bigger smile on your face and add more melody to your voice so if you have a lot of melodies going up and down and moving around and you've got i haven't even taken a breath yet i still have the same (laughs) breath that i took before i even began talking but you can go ahead and take that nice diaphragmatic breath making sure that your belly is coming in and then you will most likely already be starting in the correct pitch Rather than way up high where, you know, because you wouldn't even have an, you know, you'd be choking off the air and you don't really want that. If you let your belly come in, your voice will respond accordingly and put you in a better pitch to start off with. And you need pitch. Pitch is a huge tool for emphasis. And as a voice actor, we need to use pitch to emphasize words and phrases and and as humans, we need to do that, too, because if everything sounds the same, then nobody knows what's important. Right. Mm-hmm. It just then I don't really know what to listen to because it just all sounds the same. So pitch allows us to determine and uh, as listeners what's important, but also as speakers, what we want to make important. We use a number of ways to do this uh, for emphasis. uh, A lot of them are the same as the building blocks of sound, but in voiceover, specifically when I'm talking about emphasizing words, you can stretch a word out, right? You can raise the pitch. You can lower the pitch. It doesn't always have to be the one that most people think of when they think of emphasis, which is volume, and I'm just going to get louder. (laughs) It doesn't have to be that. All thank of that you makes so sense. Much. Yes, thank you so much. I mean, just just having you say it out loud, I think, well, that was simple. Why didn't I think of that? But I haven't in all this time. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. And if I can help you further, please do reach out. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.